Yes, we're back in the building for another banger. And I'm your host, Coach Luke. Welcome to All Things Basketball Podcast. I'm very excited. It's TGIF, and it's the holiday weekend, people. And here we go with another excellent show of All Things Basketball Podcast. And I'm in the building. How you guys doing today? I hope you're doing fine, because I sure am. It's a great, great day, nice sunny day. And I know all the barbecue grills is getting clean, getting ready for Sunday and Monday. I hope you guys invite Coach Luke to a barbecue. I love me some barbecue. I'm going to tell you that right now. Well, let's get into Episode 9. Episode 9 is To The Max. Episode 9, the name of Episode 9 is To The Max. But before we get into Episode 9, I just need you to get at me at All Things Basketball Podcast on Instagram. Follow me and I'll follow you. All Things Basketball Podcast on Facebook. Hit the email button if you need good training. Anybody, any age, any any age, girls, guys, grown men, grown ladies. Hey, listen, we're here. Hit the email button and we'll give you great, great coaching. We got a lot of great coaches on deck. Well, all right, let's get into the episode nine, to the max. All right, and we'll we'll get into that a little later. Why this episode is called to the max. But right now, we're going to get into some NBA news. NBA news. John Wall. John Wall is an all-star guard for the Washington Wizards. He's been phenomenal for most of his career. He's had a few hiccups and a few injuries. So we're going to get into John Wall. Right now, John Wall is currently out with Achilles tendon uh, injury. And um, what's in the news right now, what's coming out now is that the Washington Wizards brass has somewhat soured on John Wall. Now, that's not what we, we hear at All Things Basketball because we inquired about this, and one of the things we've been hearing is John Wall is the centerpiece of our franchise. We would never move him. John Wall is the nucleus of our team. What we want to do is build around John Wall. We definitely don't want to uh, uh, trade him or listen to inquiries about trading him. Well, news, news, news. You know we're going to get the real here. Guess what? They were shopping John Wall via via trade deadline, which is in February. Actually, close to February 8th, they were shopping John Wall, and, and the Miami Heat were very close to clinching a trade for John Wall this last season. But he, right before the trade, he tore his Achilles tendon. That's the only thing that stopped John Wall from being a Miami Heat. Now, I find that surprising because in the beginning of the year, like we said, like I said, excuse me, everybody was inquiring about John Wall. What's his, what's his security range over at the, in the Washington Wizard building? Is he available? Because he's a phenomenal player. He's an excellent point guard, and I think he might be the fastest point guard in the league when he's healthy. But, you know, he's had a few hiccups, a few injuries, and I know last season there was an alarming situation that was shown of John Wall, uh, of kind of belligerent. I guess the word that we all need to say is uh, he was a little uh, drunk at a club, and they showed him staggering out. 
and somebody filmed it. Well, that went viral and a lot of GMs and, and executives caught wind of it and saw it and it was very, very alarming. And so I think between that and the injuries, I mean, I think the Washington Wizard Brass uh, soured on John Wall. Now, again, John Wall is an excellent, excellent talent. He just needs to clean up some things and stay focused on basketball. But apparently what I'm getting at, what Coach Luke is getting at, is that, you know, uh, the Washington Wizards were saying all along, Oh, no, he's the centerpiece of our franchise. We never want to move him. What we want to do is build around John Wall. He's an excellent centerpiece, and all we want to do is build around John Wall. Meanwhile, what they were doing was shopping John Wall to the rest of the league the whole time. And so, you know, you can't always believe what comes out of the front office of these basketball teams, these NBA teams, because a lot of times, like I said, it's hush-hush. They really don't want you to know uh, uh, what's going on within the walls of their organization. They want to uh, throw out anything other than the truth at times because, again, it's not being untrustworthy, but it's more like protecting your interests. And I don't want to make grown men uh, uh, sound like a piece of bait or meat or anything, but they, you know, once you're on a, in an organization and you're playing for that organization, it's an investment. You are an investment and you also are investing in yourself. So, uh, it's, it's the organization's prerogative to be very, very quiet, to be very hush hush. And what they want to do is not tell too many people what's going on other than the people that's within their organization and that's within their building. But see, the, th the thing about this, people, is that these type of things still get out. These type of things still get out. And so what we're finding out now is that if it wasn't for John Wall's Achilles tendon injury, he would be a Miami Heat as we speak. And that's crazy because I'm saying, wow, who would let go of such a talent like John Wall? Well, evidently, the Washington Wizards would. And new hire news. I'm so excited about this hire. I mean, this this is this is a long time coming, and it's it's it couldn't happen to a better guy. It couldn't happen. It couldn't happen to a harder worker. It just couldn't happen to a guy that really persevered on a coaching journey. And like Coach Luke always says, you know, as a coach, you go on the journey and you got to love that journey because if you love the game, then you'll love that journey. And that's what's so important about this journey. Jawan Howard. Jawan Howard is going back to his alma mater, University of Michigan, signing a five-year lucrative deal as the head coach of the University of Michigan Wolverines. This is a great big hire, and it's monumental. And I'm going to tell you why Coach Luke says this is monumental. Jawan Howard is one of five of the Fab Five. Now, I don't know if a lot of young players know the Fab Five, but the Fab Five was five freshmen. Five freshmen, the first five freshmen that started 
for a a top Division One school, and they went all the way to the NCAA championships. But along the way, the Fab Five was trendsetters. The Fab Five was trendsetters. There was uh, Ray Jackson, Jimmy King, Jalen Rose, Jawan Howard, and Chris Webber. Now, of course, everybody knows Chris Webber. Everybody knows Jawan Howard, and everybody knows Jalen Rose. They're very relevant in the NBA and in commentary. A lot of people don't know about Ray Jackson. A lot of people don't know about Jimmy King. But this hire signifies a victory for the whole Fab Five. The Fab Five was very instrumental in the long shorts because I tell you, when Coach Luke used to play, we used to play in tight shorts and high socks. I don't want to give away my age, but that's what we used to play in. And the next thing you know, when the Fab Five hit the floor, they had long shorts. And as a result, every college and every NBA team makes their shorts very, very long. And that's why I said the Fab Five were trendsetters. They also started with the ankle socks. The Fab Five was the first to wear the ankle socks. And now you can wear ankle socks. It's not against regulation to wear ankle socks in basketball. And that's on any level, from college to high school to AAU to G League. It's on any level, WNBA. So when I say the Fab Five were trendsetters, they did things out the box. They did things that they wanted to do. Now, it came with a lot of frown because it wasn't the norm. It came with a lot of backlash. They took a lot of backlash for doing what they wanted to do. But I tell you, sometimes you got to have that heart and and believe in yourself and do things that you want to do and you can be successful. And so that's just a great, great hire for the University of Michigan, Michigan. And kudos to the new head coach, Jawan Howard. And I tell you, saying Coach Howard is a wonderful, wonderful thing. It gives Coach Luke hope that one of these days I could don that same situation and have a situation in the college um, um, community as a head coach because that's my goal. But again, kudos to Coach Howard for the new hire and the new contract. He's going back home, and he will be an excellent, excellent coach because he's a great builder of talent, and that's just in our new hire news. Again, hit me up on All Things Basketball Podcast on Instagram. Uh, Hit me up on All Things Basketball Podcast on Facebook. If you need good training, hit the email button, and I'll tell you what, we'll get right back to you. You don't have to leave your number. You can just leave your email address, and we'll get in touch with you with all the information about good training. Playoff recap. Again, we're down to the nitty-gritty. Golden State Warriors, the defending champions, are in the waiting. Toronto and Milwaukee have finished five games. They have finished five games, and Toronto has a 3-2 lead in the series. And Kawhi Leonard is willing it. 
He's doing his thing. He's really playing. And I tell you, my guy Kyle Lowry is really surprising a lot of people. He is really holding his own, and he is uh, um, willing himself to be also. It's a great, great situation. I'll tell you what, everybody on the Toronto Raptors are playing excellent ball. Marc Gasol, Serge Ibaka, Danny Green. I mean, you know, Pascal Siakam. Hey, kudos to the Toronto Raptors. But it's not over yet. It's not over yet. Giannis Attentacupo played an excellent game last night. Now, he missed a few chippies along the way that probably could have turned it around. But, hey, he can't do it all, but he can do most of it. That's the league's MVP. That's right. You heard it right here from Coach Luke. Giannis Attentacupo is the league's MVP. I'm going to say it right here. But he, he missed a few at the end. And, you know, uh, you know, it's apples and oranges there. He needed a lot more help. And, boy, I don't know what's going on with Eric Bledsoe. He just wants to shoot threes. He doesn't want to attack the basket right now. And that's probably why George Hill is playing a lot more than Eric Bledsoe. He's somewhat disappeared. Eric Bledsoe has somewhat disappeared. Brooke Lopez has somewhat disappeared. And so, you know, you have um, um, Kawhi Leonard and his his core players playing a whole lot better than Giannis and his core players. And believe me, that's what it takes. That's really what it takes. And I'll tell you what, I love Coach Budenholzer. I love him. He's an excellent developer of talent. But please, man. You can't blame Drake for this. <laughs> Drake's a rapper. He's not on the floor. You got to rally your troops, coach. You can't worry about who's in the stands, in the front row, or in the back row. You got to rally your troops. You can't blame Drake. Drake? For this? No. No. What did Soldier Boy say? Drake? <laughs> No, Milwaukee really, I'm sorry, it's so funny, but Milwaukee really has to pick it up. They really have to play ball. You can't blame anybody on the sideline. You can't blame anybody in the stands. They really have to perform, and that's something that Milwaukee has not been doing. They haven't been performing at the last two games at a high, high level, and that's something that they should be concentrating on. They need to go back to the drawing board because I'm going to tell you something. Toronto has devised an excellent, excellent defensive plan for Giannis. Like I said in episode eight, what they're doing is they're, 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 they're deterring Giannis by committee. They always have somebody flashing down low, which is making Giannis have to settle for 15 and 20 footers. And Giannis can nail that shot, but Giannis really wants to go downhill. I mean, if Giannis can go downhill three or four times in a row, it definitely makes his 15 to 20 footer a whole lot easy. And then he becomes a rhythm shooter when he can do both things. Right now, he can't do both things because uh, um, Toronto is flashing. And I'm going to tell you what, they're flashing in the middle, but I'll also tell you this, the claw. Like I told Soul Plain Dirt, what was going to happen is Kawhi Leonard 
is going to take it upon himself defensively to stick Giannis. And that's what we saw last night, people. We saw Kawhi Leonard defensively sticking Giannis late in the third, early in the fourth, you know, and, and, and deterring him from the basket. Because Kawhi Leonard, people say he's an excellent scorer, and he is, but he's just a good just as good on the defensive end. He's the best two-way player in the NBA. And I'll say it again. Kawhi Leonard is the best two-way player in the NBA. So his defense was impeccable. I mean, his prowess was, was outstanding. He was all over the place. And Toronto has a 3-2 lead. They're going back to Toronto. And I guess what? Coach Luke believes it's over. Because I'm going to be honest with you, that game, Milwaukee had an excellent chance to win that game last night. They had an excellent chance on winning game five. And sometimes when you let games slip away and you let the opportunity slip away, it's a carryover. And what happens is it carries over into the next game. And so Coach Luke really believes when they let their opportunity, when when Milwaukee let their opportunity slip away from them in Game Five, I think it's going to be a carryover effect to Game Six, and Toronto will end this series going to their first NBA Finals and reaching the finals for the first time ever, and going against the defending champions, Golden State Warriors. This series, I believe, I believe it could go seven. But I don't think it will. I think the Game 5 effects will bother Milwaukee and Toronto will come out victorious in Game 6 in Jurassic Park, which the Toronto fans call it, and and win the game in Game 6, and they will move on to the NBA Finals. And we will have an excellent Finals. Boy, what a barn burner. We'll have an excellent finals against, it'll be Golden State, the defending champions, against the, against the Toronto Raptors. Wow. Again, All Things Basketball Podcast on Facebook, All, All Things Basketball Podcast on Instagram. Follow me and I'll follow you. If you go to Facebook and hit the email button, you can get excellent training. Download share, hit the like button, you know, come on, people, let's go, let's support this thing, this is some good stuff, All Things Basketball Podcast, it's for you, you know, and it's the holiday weekend, you know, you're feeling real good, download, you're feeling excellent, hit the like button, you're feeling great and swell, yo, listen, let's go, come on, I'm feeling good, I hope you're feeling good, it's a long weekend, Max Deals. You know, we're getting to a point where um, people are starting to talk about max deals, all right? And I was in the discussion earlier about the defending champions and max deals. Now, they signed Steph Curry to a great max deal of $201 million. And so now who you have to deal with is Draymond Green, Clay Thompson and DeMarcus Cousins and Kevin Durant. 
Now, a lot of people believe that Kevin Durant will be moving away from Golden State, but here's the thing. Golden State can pay Kevin Durant the most money, and I don't want anybody to forget that. Golden State can give Kevin Durant the most money and free agency, but a lot of people feel that Kevin Durant, this will be Kevin Durant's last season in the Golden State Warrior um, uniform. We don't know that for sure. All right. So you have to, you've played, you've paid Steph Curry. So he's out the way. Now you have to deal with four other players. And it's going to be hard for the Golden State Warriors, the defending champs, to keep all four. It really is. In all actuality, they're going to have to let two players go. So we don't know what two players that's going to be, but you know, they're going to have to let two players go. Coach Luke believes that they're going to keep their core. They're going to take care. They, well, they've already taken care of Steph Curry. The other guy is Clay Thompson. And then you have Draymond Green. Those are the guys that came in and turned their fortunes around. Those are the three guys that came in. Simple State into, uh, from a, from a, from a, a team that, that, that was, um, borderline to a great team these last five to six years. Those are the three guys that were drafted by the Golden State Warriors. So I believe that they're going to have to take care of those three guys before they do anything else. Now in the, in the case of, in the case of Clay Thompson, right? In the case of Clay Thompson, he's in a tricky, tricky situation. Some can say, well, Hey, you know, you know, should we give Clay the max? You know, well, you got to remember one thing. The Minnesota Timberwolves were prepared to give Clay Thompson three or four years ago the max. The way that he got his contract from Golden State was that the Golden State Warriors matched the, the Toronto, excuse me, the Golden State Warriors matched the Minnesota Timberwolves. So in all actuality, the negotiations with Golden State didn't go far in as we thought they should because the Minnesota Timberwolves jumped in and gave Clay Thompson an offer sheet. So now here we go. We're coming up to on Clay Thompson again at the end of this season. And, of course, what we're hearing from Golden State is that he's one of ours and that we're going to take care of him. Well, I'll tell you what, Golden State, you didn't take care of them the first time, so we don't know what you're going to do this time. But I think they're going to take care of them. I mean, there's a lot of championships involved. There's a lot of rings involved. He stayed loyal to the organization. And I tell you, people love a person that stays put and just put in that production and don't make a fuss and, you know, and perform at a high, high level like Clay Thompson has done. So I don't think that they're going to shuck and jive Clay Thompson. I really think they're going to sign him. But a lot of people believe, you know, oh, wow, he might not get the max. I think Clay Thompson deserves the max. You know, here's a guy that plays the top scorer on every team that Golden State plays. He's an excellent defender. I also think he got snubbed 
on the all first all defensive first team. But that's a whole nother story that we're going to talk about a little later. But I really believe Clay Thompson is a max player, and he should deserve to get a max contract. Will he get that contract? I don't know. But I, in Coach Luke's eyes, I feel Clay Thompson should get that max contract coming up this summer. In the case of Draymond Green, should he get a max contract? Well, I'll tell you what. If it wasn't the Golden State Warriors, Draymond Green might get a max contract. Meaning, if you take a team that probably didn't make the playoffs, or if you take a team that's on the cuffs of making the playoffs, they might offer Draymond Green an offer sheet equivalent of a max deal. I don't know for sure if uh, Golden State will offer Draymond Green a max deal, but I tell you what Golden State will do. They will compensate their own very, very well. So if Draymond Green doesn't get a max deal, it will be a high-end contract that Draymond Green will sign. I guarantee you that. But he, I don't believe that Golden State will give him a max deal because if Kevin Durant decides to stay, that's the third max deal right there. You have Steph Curry, you have Klay Thompson, and then you're going to have one Kevin Durant if he decides to stay. If he doesn't decide to stay, then they could probably give, but they still, I really believe they still won't give Draymond Green a max deal. But they will, they will take care of Draymond Green very, very well. Believe me, when Coach Luke says they're going to take care of Draymond Green, he's the centerpiece and he's the he's the energizer to the team. And this is what we're finding out now is that he makes a lot of things go in the Golden State locker room and, and, and on the Golden State floor. Draymond Green does a lot for that team, and they will compensate him. Boogie Cousins, DeMarcus Cousins. He's injured a lot. He's injured a lot. Now, I know he wants a max deal, and I know he's a phenomenal player, but he has to start staying on the floor. You can't ask for a max deal if you're not on the floor. And that's one thing that's going to hurt DeMarcus Cousins at the bargaining table. He has to stay on the floor. Okay? So when we say max deal to the max, we're talking about the defending champions. And I'm going to tell you, will they be able to keep everybody? I don't think so. And that's where the parity in the NBA comes at. They're not going to be able to give everybody and make everybody happy. So what you're going to have at the end of this season, you'll probably have two of those excellent players leave the locker room. You know, you'll probably have two of those guys leave the locker room and you keep three out of the five because you can't sign everybody and you can't make everybody happy. And that's due to what's going on with the salary caps and new collective bargaining agreement. The NBA has made it that way where you can't sign everybody. And that makes uh, a free agents of free agency, a very strong necessity for a few people that are on championship teams. It's just the way that it goes in the NBA right now. 
New Phoenix Suns head coach Monty Williams. Monty Williams is telling his players, we're not talking about family. We're talking about culture. If we have a strong culture and we work hard, then we will be successful. He doesn't know why people talk about family when it comes to team because most people on the team, they're not blood family. And guess what? Everybody on the team from 12 to 15, no matter who you keep on the team, everybody doesn't get along. Well, Coach Luke doesn't mind coaches that use the word family. He also doesn't mind coaches that use the word culture, all right? Because whether you use the word culture or family, it's going to be hard for you to get 12 guys or women in a locker room that get along. That's a norm. You're not going to get everybody to get along. So, But I don't care whether you use the word culture or family. As long as it's a very strong, cohesive unit, and everybody's working hard in practice, and everybody's holding each other accountable, then then that's what you want. But Monty Williams doesn't, he's stating that he doesn't like to use the word family. He would prefer everyone in the Phoenix building to use the word culture, and that we're not a family, but we're, we're part of a culture, and hopefully it's a winning culture, and guess what? We're going to work hard towards making it a winning culture. And I tell you what, that's an excellent, excellent move. Because the culture means it doesn't matter who leaves or who comes. They're going to have to deal with that culture and they're going to have to fit in or they won't be here, won't be on the team very long. All right? And so I don't have anything wrong with what Monty Williams is trying to get going in Phoenix and turn things around in Phoenix. That's a great, great look. And it's a great, great analogy that Monty Williams, the new head coach of the Phoenix Suns, is citing culture first and hard work second. That's an excellent, excellent move. I don't have any problem with that at all. And I don't think anybody else would in the Phoenix area as long as, as, long as the Phoenix Suns start winning more games. Who is the best defensive player in the NBA? Well, we don't need to look no further than the first defensive team, the number one defensive team in the NBA. All right? You have Rudy Gobert, Utah Jazz. You have Paul George, OKC. You have Eric Bledsoe. Milwaukee Bucks, you have Marcus Smart, the Boston Celtics, and you have Giannis Attentacupo, the Milwaukee Bucks. Well, Rudy Gobert won the award last year, but that doesn't mean he doesn't he, he can't win it again this year. But my pick for the um, defensive player of the year is Paul George. I really believe. He played excellent defense the whole year. And I tell you what, he was very, very steady on the defensive end. He continued to play defense 
throughout, from the beginning, will he get the all-defensive player of the year? I think he's been on the all-defensive team. Even when he was in Indiana, he made the all-defensive team several times. And I think he's just an excellent defender. But will he make the? Will he get the all-defensive player of the year? The def- excuse me, the defensive player of the year? Maybe not. Maybe it might be Rudy Gobert for the second time. But my pick, Coach Luke's pick, is Paul George for the defensive player of the year. Brett Brown retains his job in Philadelphia, and I think that's excellent. Brett Brown is an excellent coach. Again, like I told you, he started he started in San Antonio. He walked on in San Antonio, and he was with the great Greg Popovich for 18-plus years before he got the job in Philadelphia. And so kudos to Brett Brown. He did an excellent job in Philadelphia, and Philadelphia had an excellent season. I never thought that he should be relinquished as the head coach. I always thought they should give Brett Brown what he deserves, and that's a new contract. Well, they didn't give him a new contract, but I tell you what, they didn't let him go either. Brett Brown deserves to stay the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers, and I'm very happy that they kept him aboard as the head coach. So the Philadelphia 76ers have sent out news that Brett Brown is still the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. Once again, hit me up on All Things Basketball Podcast on Instagram, on All Things Basketball Podcast on Facebook. If you need good training, hit the email button, and we'll get right back to you. The San Antonio Spurs are trying very hard to get in the top eight picks. They've been calling all around the in hopes that they could get in the top eight of the draft this year. They haven't had any success getting in the top eight picks, but they are really working hard. The San Antonio Spurs want to make a move. They feel like uh, they have the pieces to make a move. I'm starting to hear that they might move DeMar DeRozan. Now, they just got DeMar DeRozan in a trade for Kawhi Leonard, the trade between Toronto and San Antonio. Sent Kawhi Leonard to Toronto and DeMar DeRozan to San Antonio Spurs. So what's happening now is I'm understanding that Spurs are souring on DeMar DeRozan and they might want to move him. That's interesting because he's only played one year in the Spur uniform. That's something else. I had no idea that that was on the horizon. That surprises me. DeMar DeRozan, they might be moving DeMar DeRozan from the San Antonio Spurs, and they want to get in the top eight of the draft this year. So San Antonio is really making calls. They're really looking around the league. They're really, actually, they're really focusing on the teams that are in the top eight picks. Because like I said, like Coach Duke said, they're trying to get in the top eight picks. And so they're really calling those top eight teams, trying to jockey their way in to the top eight and make a splash in this year's draft. So kudos to San Antonio for trying. 
I don't know if they're going to succeed because it looks like most of the teams that are, in the, that are in the top eight are planning on staying there. But when you have a team like the Spurs and you have pieces in trade and you have draft picks that you can uh, get, you know, get away from and, and, and send them to another team as well as players, then you have a shot at making some type of trade. And so that's what the San Antonio Spurs are trying to do right now. They're trying to get in the top eight of the of this year's NBA draft. Hey, they might do it. You never know. All right, I'm going to the Instagram. And wow, the Instagram, I guess this is the holiday weekend. The Instagram has been somewhat quiet. So I'm happy to see this one. I'm happy to see this question. Wow. Does the summer league does the summer league help players? Does the summer league help the rookies, the rookie players? Well, of course the summer league helps the rookie players. I'm going to tell you what. Anytime that you can sharpen your tools against other rookies that are going to be in the NBA, and then you have some veterans that come out to these summer leagues and you play against them, it not only gives the team an idea of what you can do, it gives the player an idea that they belong. I mean, if you go out there and let's say Paul George is out there playing on the summer league for OKC and you go up against him one or two games in the summer league, you really could tell where your game is at. So, yes, to answer that question, yeah, it helps the rookies to go to the summer league. You know, now will you see Zion Williamson at the summer league? Probably not. A lot of people feel Zion's a shoo-in. You know, you know, will you see John Morant at the Summer League? Probably not. R.J. Barrett? Probably not. But then again, you might. Then again, you might. Because if you're a real baller, it doesn't matter where you're picked in the draft. You, To me, Coach Luke, to you ask Coach Luke, I think you, all rookies should go. I really think all rookies should play in the Summer League. But that's not always the case. I mean, when you're the number one pick, a lot of times they don't go out there. When you're the number two pick, they don't go out there. And in some cases, they do. In some cases, they do. Jason Tatum was picked number three a couple of years ago. He was out there. And so you get to sharpen your tools, work on your game, and play against professionals. There's no way that that will hurt your game. And so to answer your question, young man, I really believe if you're a rookie, you should attend the summer league at the t- from the team that drafts you. You should attend that summer league. Thank you for the question. That's an excellent question. I mean, I mean, you really should attend that summer league the year that you're drafted. Not only that, you're showing good camaraderie. Someone drafts you and they say, well, hey, I need you to go to Southern California and play in the summer league with the rest of the rookies. It really shouldn't matter where you're picked. You get on that plane, you go out there, and you perform. You get on that plane, you go out there, and you perform at a high, high level. Thank you for the question. That was an excellent question, and I hope you have an excellent and and safe um, holiday. The L.A. Spark are looking very, very good. The L.A. Spark are looking very, very good. Now, I told you the power ranking in the WNBA. 
and I think they had the L.A. Spark at number three. But I also believe that was before the Sue Bird knee injury. Um, we already knew Brianna Stewart uh, uh, was out with an Achilles injury. And so they still had the Seattle Storm as number one. Well, right now what's going on is the L.A. Sparks are surging as the number one team in the WNBA. And I actually thought once Brianna Stewart went out that the L.A. Sparks would um, automatically go to number one. But I also understand that, you know, you got to beat the champions. And, you know, the Seattle Storm are the defending champions. And so until you beat the champions, I get it. You, you can't take them out of that number one spot. But with the injuries to these players on the Seattle Storm, you can't help but think that the L.A. Spark are on the top of the hill right now. Now, they haven't won uh, the WNBA championship since 2016. That's been three years ago. But I tell you what, what I like about the L.A. Spark, and oh, by the way, Derek Fisher is the new head coach. This is his first season. All right. But what I back to it, what I like about the L.A. Spark is that they kept their core together. Most of the players that was on that 2016 championship team, they're still on the team right now. They didn't break up anything. They didn't break a thing up. They got Candace Parker still. They got Nika Akumake still. And they got Elena Bird. That's an excellent three three player nucleus. And they're gonna continue and continue to play at a high level. So I really believe the LA Spark is the favorite right now. A lot of people say, no, Coach Luke, the Storm, they're still the favorite, you know, the, the, until they get beat. And I agree with that to some degree. But I'll tell you, the Seattle Storm, they've got a lot, a lot of injuries. Now, I understand that, you know, the Mercury, the Phoenix Mercury, they, they beat um, the L.A. Sparks, but that's preseason. You're really trying to figure out who's going to make your team. That's what's going on. You want to find out who's going to make your team. So you're playing a lot of different players, but you're not playing your quarterback. So it's hard to look at. It's hard to look at. You know what I mean? You can't just say uh, because uh, they lost a preseason game that they're not the favorites. You know, I still believe that that the L.A. Spark at this point, now with all the injuries to the players on the Seattle Storm, our defending WNBA champions, that the L.A. Spark is now the favorite. You know, that's just Coach Luke's opinion, that the L.A. Spark are now the favorite. They just got too many weapons right now. They really, really do. They have too many weapons not to be the favorite. I actually had the I had the Spark and then the Seattle Storm, whether they were the defending champions or not. But of course, I can agree with a lot of people that say, in order to be number one, you have to beat the champions. So, you know, Seattle Storm is still at the top of the WNBA power ranking list. But in my eyes, in Coach Luke's eyes, I really say the L.A. Spark is the best team in the WNBA. All right. We've got um, 
one of the things that, that I want to talk about is the all-defensive team. Now, I, I named the all-defensive team earlier, but, you know, I don't think they're respecting my boy Clay Thompson enough. Clay Thompson, all he does for the gold defending champion Golden State Warriors is he defends the top score on the other team every single night, all season long. This is what Clay Thompson does at a high level. Not to mention, you get 20 points a game or better from Clay Thompson. And so I think, you know, I really believe Clay Thompson should have been on the all defensive team also. I mean, you know, he's not getting I don't believe Clay Thompson is getting the respect that he deserves as an excellent player at a high, high level. And he's on a championship team. He's on a championship team. You know, now they interviewed him last night and he seemed a little a little miffed by that. And you know what? I would be miffed if I did all those things like Clay Thompson does for the Golden State Warriors, I think he deserves to be on the all-defensive team. I really do. When are you going to give Clay Thompson his just due? I mean, this is this is ridiculous. I'll tell you, I don't think that they're giving him his just due. I mean, I believe Clay Thompson should be on the all-defensive team. And, you know, I'm not taking nothing away from guys like Eric Bledsoe, and guys like Marcus Smart, well, I tell you, Marcus Smart is a good defender, but Marcus Smart is coming off the bench, and he's not a, even he's not even the, the sixth man on the Boston Celtics. He's not the first guy that comes off the bench for the Boston Celtics. So how are you going to put Marcus Smart? And not to pick on Marcus Smart, he's an excellent player, but he's not Clay Thompson. And Clay Thompson should be in one of those five spots. And I just think he got snubbed. I really do. I think the fact that you give Steph Curry so much um, attention and you give Kevin Durant so much attention, heck, you even, get, you even give Draymond Green a lot of attention. I think Clay Thompson gets lost in the shuffle a lot. But he's an excellent, excellent player. And to me, he's one of the best defenders in our game right now. And so I really think Clay Thompson got snubbed along the way as far as uh, the all-defensive team. All right, we have the all-NBA teams. I'm going to, Coach Luke is going to name all three all-NBA teams for this year. But before I do that, you, get, you need to hit me up at All Things Basketball Podcast on Instagram. Follow me and I'll follow you. All Things Basketball Podcast on Facebook. If you need good training, hit the email button. We got good coaches on deck. Download, share, comment. Hey, do it all. We're in the building right now, and we got a lot of great stuff. Don't forget to download because when you download, you get all of the information that's going on at All Things Basketball Podcast, you know, and you can do that at, at you know, anytime you want, anytime you're listening. Just hit that download button. Hit that like button. Follow me at All Things Basketball Podcast on Instagram. Follow me at All Things Basketball Podcast on Facebook. Now, we're going to get into the... Um, 
all NBA teams, the first, the second, and the third team. We have the first All-NBA team. The number one All-NBA team is James Harden, Steph Curry, Paul George, Nikolai Jokic, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's team number one. Team number two, Damian Lillard, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, and Joel Embiid. That's team number two. Team number three, Russell Westbrook, Kimber Walker, Blake Griffin, LeBron James, and Rudy Gobert. Well, that's the three teams, the three all-NBA teams for this season, people. And you got a lot, a lot of superstars there. You know, now it's apples and oranges. You know, you might not agree with all of the teams. You might not agree with a player or two. But that's the order that the NBA saw this year. And, you know, I mean, I might not agree with where players are placed with. But I'm not in charge of that. The NBA is and the voters, and Coach Luke doesn't have a vote. <laughs> but those are the three all-NBA teams for this past season. Well, it's been a ball. I hope everybody has an excellent, excellent holiday, you know, and, um, you know, I try my best to eat as much barbecue as I possibly can. And, hey, watch those games this weekend. So it's been a ball, another excellent podcast, the All Things Basketball Podcast. Good night. God bless.